We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the edition of Nice Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire. This evening, folks, today, I am your host, Nathan Powell, and I have been in the fantasy industry for about nine years now and been doing podcasts for probably eight of those years. Uh, this evening is going to be my first time, uh, my maiden voyage on trying to go solo. That's right. I fired Dan. Um, never wanted him to come back. Nope. Just kidding. Um, Dan had something come up last minute and I didn't want to bother my usual suspects of Ryan McDowell and Russell Clay. I was like, you know what? Let's, you know, we're in the summer. We're going to challenge myself a little bit. We're going to give myself a new challenge. And that is going to be a solo pod this evening. So I'm going to run through the show just like I would with Dan, but I'll be talking for 30 to 40 minutes. So we're going to see how that goes. I hope you don't turn it off as soon as you hear my voice start talking. Um, but it's going to be a good show, folks. I got lots of stuff planned. I, I did lots of hashtag prepping, more prepping than I do normally when it's just me and Dan and I can, you know, we can riff back and forth. So I am ready to uh, dish out some knowledge, dish, dish out some takes today. And so, yeah, it's going to be a great show and hopefully we'll have uh, Dan on back next week. But for today, it's just your boy. It's Nate Dog, not walking the dog. I am doing the podcast on Rotoviz Radio on Zoom. All right, so today I came up with a game of blurb takes. So what are blurb takes? Uh, usually every year we have a show on, okay, how do you evaluate Roto World blurbs and uh, you know how, how, do, how are they overvalued or how are they undervalued? Um, and I was like, you know, let's switch it up a little bit. Um, this, this edition of blurb takes is going to be different than normal. It's going to be, I'm going to be observing some of the blurbs in recent news and kind of overreacting to them. Like I'm going to ask the question of like, if this blurb is really right, or if this blurb is really wrong, how that impacts dynasty value or how likely it is to be a possibility that it could happen. So I'm going to take a blurb 
and I'm going, and obviously former, formerly Roto World, now NBC Sports Edge, I'm going to take a blurb, take it out of proportion and, you know, evaluate it from a dynasty perspective. So we will start off blurb takes, make a sound effect for that, of course, blurb takes. Our first blurb takes is going to be Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, uh, as the Lightning just scored a goal. So, you know, getting some Lightning commentary too. So one nothing Lightning in the first period. Uh, Nikhil Harry, he has had a slow start to, or, you know, it's mini caps over a short period of time, but he had not been playing well. And then he started to have a good practice. According to reports, he was having a decent practice on what they were recording this on Tuesday. Started having a decent practice on Tuesday. And then he hurt his calf. So he pretty much started off mini camp saying there was a chance he'd be cut. Then he had a, a brief glimpse of like, Oh, you know, that's some good sign. And then he got hurt. Um, so will the former first round pick, the 2019 first round pick be cut in his year three season? I, I think it's still unlikely, um, mostly because the Patriots are so barren at the wide receiver position. Yes, they spent on Kendrick Bourne and they spent on, um, you know, uh, who, who is the other one? Oh, Nelson Aguilar. And they have Jacoby Myers, but they aren't wealthy enough at the position to just give up on Harry's talent quite yet. Now, could Harry be cut midseason? Possibly. Could Harry be cut after the season? Very possibly, maybe even likely. But I do think that they're going to see what they have for one more, like start one more year with Harry, give him some semblance of a shot. I, I kind of gave up on the concept of cutting be a, a good thing during the Doriel Green Beckham saga that when the Philadelphia Eagles, or no, it was Tennessee Titans, when Tennessee Titans pretty much gave up on him for free for the price of like a backup left guard, I was like, oh, like, you know, new new scenery might help him. We've seen time and time and time again that new scenery often just means that you're so bad your team gave up on you. And so if the Patriots do cut him on a team that has no literally very minimal wide receiver talent, if any, it's a bad thing. So um, I, I still have Harry on the end of several rosters, but I'm not hugely optimistic on Tuba's future at this point. Uh, if you can get him as for like a fourth round pick, or if you can get him, you know, off the waiver wire, I think he's a, a fine investment at a, a free price tag. Um, and that's solely because of the first round draft capital. But in, in, in general, I think he's done as far as dynasty value. I don't, I don't see his, his value increasing anytime soon. Um, but if he does get cut, there's going to be some people who try and, you know, talk their way into it. I'm not going to be one of those. If he gets cut, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably cutting him from my roster. if he gets cut from the Patriots, but in terms of Nikhil Harry, I, I'm not optimistic at this point, but I, I do think that he avoids getting cut. And I do think he makes the 2021 opening day roster. Our next blurb takes is. Denzel Mims, Jets wide receiver, won't sniff the field. Uh, Corey Davis, um, you know, w- went down with an injury a little bit um, during mini camp, and someone was like, uh, okay, this is going to be a chance for Denzel Mims to get on the field with the first team. And even with Corey Davis out, we didn't see Denzel Mims with the first team. We saw Keelan Cole with the first team and other players on, on the New York Jets um you know, I, I think I think Crowder's even not there. So even with you know different targets not practicing, different targets not at minicamp, that still isn't putting Denzel Mims as a starting wide receiver on the team. This is worrisome for me. I 
I think that there's certainly going to be some people that blow out a portion, like, you know, sell Denzel Mims for a fourth round pick. I'm not doing that quite yet. But this is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire with Denzel Mims. I think that, you know, if you're in year two and you're a day two guy and there's minimal talent, maybe similar to Nikhil Harry, there's minimal wide receiver talent with the Jets. Um, I actually, I know they have, obviously they have Corey Davis and uh, Elijah Moore now, but in terms of guys that were on the field that were ahead of him, you know, Q and Cole is not exactly, you know, going to keep second round picks off the field. And that's what he was doing with, with Denzel Mims. So I am somewhat worried about Denzel Mims. He's not a guy that I'm going out of my way to buy low on, even with this blurb. Um, I, I think that you can, you know, teams aren't going to go out of their way to take away reps from, from young players, particularly teams that have a new head coach, particularly teams that have a rookie quarterback. Like there's no reason to take away these reps from a young player like Denzel Mims, other than the fact that they just don't think he's good. So I do think that with Denzel Mims, it's, it's worrisome. I'm not selling him for a fourth round pick, but honestly, if you can get like a second, like I wouldn't hate, like maybe you should try and shoot for a little bit more, but I, I'm not, you know, thrilled to have Denzel Mims on any rosters right now. Um, So I, I would certainly be, you know, put some feelers out to see if people, I think that for the most part, when people see this blurb, they're like, up, it's just mini camp up. It's just a blurb. Um, But I think that there, there could be a case of where there is smoke, there is fire. Next we have T Higgins, T Higgins. Uh, obviously with T Higgins, some of his dynasty value was dinged with the arrival of Jamar Chase at the fifth overall pick, the former teammate of one Joe Burrow. And that same teammate, Joe Burrow, basically said during minicamp that he thinks T Higgins is going to have a huge year. Um, Now, this isn't the first time a quarterback is going to, uh, you know, pump up his wide receiver, particularly one who might be in the same situation as Higgins were like, oh, you know, Burroughs kind of like, oh, like just because I have chases, I mean, I'm forgetting about UT. Um, so I, I put in this that this overreaction of uh, Higgins is still the Bengals wide receiver one. And to an extent, I think he is for 2020, 2021. But I do think that there is a decent chance that that Chase overcomes him by midseason. Uh, but as we've talked about pretty much ever since the, the pick was made, these are these are guys that have the talent to be wide receiver one, a one B chase is the better prospect, but Higgins was a great prospect fell to the second round, uh, but had a very great, a very good rookie season and is attached to Joe Burrow. And as long as he's healthy uh, you know, being attached to him is a certainly a positive. So I, I think that at the end of the day, chase and Higgins are both very fantasy relevant, both 2021 and beyond. Um, and with Joe Burrow saying T Higgins could have a huge year, uh, I agree. I think the Higgins has, you know, top 14, top 16 type upside, especially if he ends up leading the Bengals in targets. Next, we have Trey Lance. Trey Lance, the third overall pick, San Francisco 49ers went to San Francisco 49ers through North Dakota State. And the Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, and he seems like, you know, one of the more raw prospects in this class. One of the guys that people say, oh, it's going to take him some time to learn. But on the other side of the token, Trey Lance played one game in 2020 due to COVID and South North Dakota State not playing at all. So I, I do think that, you know, to an extent, 
there is that that is going to come into play that he hasn't played in so long that they don't want him to sit completely until 2022 and have basically two years without playing, you know, organized football. But I think that he's still raw enough and Garoppolo is still competent enough that we don't see Trey Lance as the week one starter. I think we, I mean, I, I advocate for it over and over and over again. I hate developmental headset quarterbacks. I think that it's a waste of the four-year contract, five-year contract for the quarterback. I think it's a waste of time for the franchise. You know, Alex, I mean, obviously there's, there's examples of stories like, you know, Brett Favre with the Packers and Alex Smith with, with, with the Chiefs. You know, there's examples of veteran quarterbacks still being okay. Uh, even Drew Brees with Phillip Rivers. There, there, there's examples of it being successful and, you know, having the veterans stick in there. But for me, if I'm drafting a rookie quarterback, I want them to my franchise. I want them to be the reason we're winning games. You know, not that NFL teams should really be picking, okay, I want to win with Garoppolo. I want to win. You shouldn't like, you should want to win, whether it's Garoppolo or Lance. But I, 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 for me, I'd be trying to get Lance in as soon as possible. But knowing the NFL and knowing how it works, I don't think that Lance starts week one. I think Garoppolo starts the first few games. And honestly, depending on how the Niners end up playing in those games, if they're contending for an NFC in the NFC West, we could see Lance much later in the season. Um, and even maybe some, you know, intermittent work where he comes in as a, you know, in different packages, you know, not that he's exactly Colin Kaepernick, but I, I do think that you could see some packages with Trey Lance in the intermittent uh, time period, especially if he isn't starting by midseason. But all this to say, it really doesn't impact his dynasty value any, whether he's starting week one or week five or week eight or week 10. Um, it does impact Jimmy Garoppolo's value. Obviously, his his value is tailored to, in, in Superflex, how many starts he has. You know, how many NFL starts left does Jimmy Garoppolo have? And that's a question. And, he, you know, you're kind of relying on some of those starts being early on this season. So I... I, I, I'm not going out and actively buying Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter to, you know, fill in the first few weeks. But I, I also do think that, you know, you can possibly rely on him for that. Next, we have Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is not going to start training camp on the pup list. So the overreaction take is Cortland Sutton, top 10 wide receiver. This has something to do with their quarterback. <laughs> they have Teddy Bridgewater. They have Drew Locke. They've been heavily rumored with Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's saying Aaron Rodgers is one of three places in, in 2021. It's either with Green Bay, with Denver, or with Jeopardy. Um, and I do think that to a small extent, and it's weird, and I'll go over this a little bit later, I think that the Broncos and Jav- Javante Williams is being valued as if Aaron Rodgers is already a Bronco. But Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy being drafted in the seventh round aren't being as valued as if they already have Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think that Cortland Sutton is certainly undervalued right now. And I think that Sutton and Judy are both good values and they are, they have decently high upside, even with a Bridgewater or with a lock. Um, and then there's the, you know, ceiling play of if they end up having Aaron Rodgers. So, but with Sutton himself, I do think that a healthy Cortland Sutton has a shot at being a top 10 wide receiver. Um, you know, that offense has all the pieces outside of the quarterback position. 
Um, and Teddy was okay last year in terms of like, you know, supporting DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So if, D- if Teddy Bridgewater can support those two, he can certainly support Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. And that is where I'm earmarking Cortland Sutton as a possible top 10 wide receiver, if healthy. And certainly if they end up getting Aaron Rodgers, Cortland Sutton could, you know, be even higher, a top five, top three wide receiver. He has that type of talent. And the only thing stopping him in that scenario would be that the Broncos have weapons with Noah Fant and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. So that's where I'm at with those guys. I, I think that Sutton is, is undervalued and has a high ceiling in 2021, regardless of quarterback. Um, and I think that he's certainly being undervalued at this stage. Next, we have LaVisca Chenault. Um, you know, he kind of started, LaVisca Chenault started the, off season, kind of, I mean, not off season, the post draft process, people are like, well, they tried to get Kadarius Tony. They drafted Travis Etienne. Like, what are they really thinking? Do they even like, do they even like LaVisca Chanel so much so that in one of my leagues, I traded Michael Carter and a four and a couple of fourths for LaVisca Chanel a second. So basically Michael in the great scheme of things, Michael Carter for LaVisca Chanel and a lot of people in the group chat were mad at me because they're like, how, how could you possibly, uh, I mean, mad at me because I got the, the better end of that deal. But with LaVisca Chenault, I still think that his 2021 floor is very low. I, I still think that that Chark is, you know, the better play in 2021. He's going to get more targets. He's going to get more red zone targets. I think LaVisca is going to be a bit of a, you know, a wild card play, a bit of the, the hybrid role with, with a, you know, Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk um, in the Shanahan offense. We'll see if they can do that similarly in the, in the Jaguars or Meyer offense, obviously the main comparison is Percy Harvin um, and Curtis Samuel as Urban Meyer, you know, players like Ken LaVisca Chenault take on that role in, in, in the Urban Meyer offense. And I think LaVisca Chenault certainly could. I, I just, I worry about the week to week fantasy production. I, I, I can, I'm very confident. LaVisca Chenault's going to have a couple, uh, a few 20 plus point games. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of games where it's like, okay, LaVisca Chenault, you know, three targets, two catches, 24 yards. Like we're going to see a lot of those lines because they have, you know, the weapons of DJ Chark and Marvin Jones as a free agency signing. And Travis Etienne is going to be active in the backfield. He he played snaps at wide receiver in rookie minicamp. So I am not bullish on, on LaVisca in 2021, but you know, with the hype coming around him, that's where I put in, LaVisca Chanel, highest scoring Jaguars here. That being said, I don't think it's out of the range of outcomes. It's within the range of outcomes because there's nobody in that group that's that far-fetched ahead of him. Um, but I just think that it, it is, you know, a more difficult bet to make because he is more of a low low floor, high ceiling play for 2021. I think long-term he's a, a decently high floor play, but for, uh, but for 2021 only, I think his floor is a little bit lower with the presence of Marvin Jones and the fact it's a rookie quarterback. Um, so that's where I'm at on LaVisca Chenault. Next, we have Jonu Smith, who is missing early minicamp due to a hamstring injury. So my uh, blurb take for, for Johnny Smith is he's going to miss 10-plus games in 2021. You know, we have turf toe. We have, you know, soft tissue injuries. These, these things tend not to go away easily. And so that's where I'm at with, with John New Smith and the 2021 season. It's a bit reactionary. It's a bit of an overreaction. Um, but 
I am certainly, you know, if I had Johnny Smith in the league right now, I would be worried about an early, early offseason soft tissue injury. That being said, doesn't really impact his dynasty value. It, um, you know, if, if you can sell him, I mean, I'm advocating for selling Johnny because I think that being the tight end two in New England's not in Mac Jones slash Cam Newton offense isn't exactly, you know, a great prospect, but yeah, with, with Johnny, I, I think that he could be a tad overvalued right now. And it's not necessarily because of the hamstring. It's more so because of, you know, it's, he's not in the best position in the Patriots offense. And we'll wrap up our camp overreactions with Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson uh, will lead Pat's RBs in fantasy points in 2021. Whoa, Nathan, what's going on there? Um, the blurb associated with this one is that the Patriots were impressed with Ramondre Stevenson's pass catching ability. They didn't see this coming when they drafted him, mostly because he didn't really do much of it at Oklahoma. But if the Pats are impressed with Ramondre Stevenson's pass catching ability, Damian Harris hasn't done enough at, in the NFL to prove like, oh, this guy is definitely, you know, this guy's definitely an NFL RB1. This guy's definitely going to be the Pats RB1 in 2021. And I have, I have gotten several shares of Ramondre Stevenson in during rookie draft season in the, you know, late third, early fourth round, simply because it's such a wide open backfield. And, you know, Stevenson did have some success at the college level. I know it's a day three pick. It's a bit of a long shot, but where I'm at with Ramondre Stevenson is I think he's a solid value. I think he's a solid value in an offense that is a bit of a wide open backfield. And if they're impressed with his, you know, pass catch ability this early on, that could be a positive for them. Yes, they they still do have James White, um, but you know, I'm sure that if they if they can keep Stevenson on the field for three downs, I'm not saying they're going to put a fourth round running back as a three down back, but if that's an option, I don't think they're going to be scared of it. So, uh, Stevenson, hot take. Stevenson leads Pat's RBs and fantasy points in 2021. Next, we will have, I'm going to go, so we have our series of, we did, we started with the first four rounds, overvalued, undervalued. Um, so basically alternated rounds of players that were overvalued and undervalued. And for today, I am, I'm going to just alternate overvalued, undervalued um, with the ones that I was still going to do. I'll, I'll let Dan come back ne- on uh, next week and you know, uh, give his, his four through eight or five through eight as well of guys that are being drafted in that range and whether they're overvalued or undervalued. But before we do that, let's hear from our friends over at Rotoviz and Blue Wire. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business. For the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So in between filming, uh, Jamate Williams has actually snuck up from 412 to 501, but I'm still counting him as 501 and I'm still counting him. And it, it's even more credence to the case. Javante Williams is overvalued. Like I, 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 you know, alluded to early on, Javante Williams at the late fourth, early fifth, he's being drafted as if Aaron Rodgers already is quarterback. The Broncos do have questions at the quarterback position. There are, there's, is reason to, to be concerned about whether it's a good enough offense to support. You know, obviously the RB1 in any NFL offense is going to be relevant. But for the most part, you have to be a good NFL offense to support a, you know, top 12, top 14 uh, fantasy running back. So I just have some questions about the short term of Javante Williams. And I also think he was generally an overvalued prospect in this draft because there was not much after, um, because there was not much after uh, Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. So I think he's a fine player. And I think that he will, you know, score points in 2021. But I don't consider him a long-term RB1. I don't consider him a guy who is going to be, you know, legitimate fantasy weapon for years to come. And he's in a questionable offense. All All these things point to a player that I would not be drafting over the likes of. He's getting drafted ahead of Tua. Terry McLaurin, T. Higgins, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Jacobs, Grace Chris Goblin. All these guys, I think, should be firmly ahead of, of Devontae Williams. We did talk a bit about how with the Rotovis Triflex Leagues, make sure to check those out. You know, in public leagues, they tend to overvalue, um, you know, the short-term production. And I think that's why you see a Devontae Williams over some of these better wide receiver, uh, better wide receivers and quarterbacks in Superflex format. Um but yeah, I, I think that Javante Williams is easily overvalued at that late fourth, early fifth round price tag. His floor is pretty high in the intermediate time frame, but I think that there's higher floors below him. I think there's higher ceilings below him, which makes him an overvalued play. Next, let's go to my undervalued. My undervalued for the sixth round, so overvalued for the fifth round, was was Javante Williams, undervalued for the sixth round, Baker Mayfield. People, when they're talking about Baker Mayfield, for some reason only think about the beginning of the season, Baker Mayfield, when he was playing in in bad weather, he was playing really good defenses. And they're not thinking of the Baker Mayfield that played so well at the end of the season. And then they're not, and they're on top of that, 
they're not considering how much better Baker Mayfield could be with a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. I think that out of everyone in the Browns offense, Baker Mayfield's undervalued, Odell Beckham's undervalued. Um, But Baker in the sixth round, just to, you know, give you a glimpse of the sixth round here, you have Carson Wentz. I think Baker Mayfield has much more job security than Carson Wentz. You have James Robinson. He has no job security. He's already lost his job. And then you have a bunch of veteran wide receivers, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, uh, Allen Robinson. All those guys are fine. They're very good players. They're very good wide receivers. But Baker Mayfield in the Superflex format has years and years of job security. No one's taking Baker Mayfield's job anytime soon. And they have the weapons of Odell Beckham and Austin Hooper. And they added Anthony Schwartz. And they have Jarvis Landry. And, of course, the running backs, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. There is a lot of support around Baker Mayfield, and he is just a very good dynasty value right now at his price tag. So he's certainly a player that I'm investing in in Superflex and in 1QB. And so I I think that some might see him as, you know, he had some low floor weeks. He had a nine-point week and a five-point week and a seven-point week. But a lot of that had to do with the weather. There was a lot of bad weather the, the Cleveland played in. And, you know, when they had that weather, they're like, okay, we have Kareem Hunt, we have Nick Chubb. Uh, we're going to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, but when he was great, when he was good, he was great. He had one, two, three, three 29-plus point, point games in standard quarterback scoring. And so, yeah, Baker is a guy that I think he's undervalued due to his job security and just where he's being drafted right now. So I'm in on Baker Mayfield at that sixth round price tag. Next, we will have the seventh round. I have a pair for you, a double pair. Double pair will be four, so not a double pair. I just have a pair of overvalued players in seventh round. We have Tom Brady and Deontay Johnson. These are two players that are overvalued for two completely different reasons. People look at Deontay Johnson and look how much volume he got in 2021. 2020 and say, okay, that volume is going to continue. And that's why he is of people think he's a value at that seventh round price tag. I'm not sure he's going to get that volume. I think that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is continually, you know, breaking down as it would be. And they have Chase Claypool. They, they re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm not sure that volume is going to repeat in 2021, but also what is he going to do with that volume? He was incredibly inefficient with the volume, very low in the league in points per target. And yes, people will point to Devontae Adams was had a low points per target in his beginning of his, his career. But I think that is, you know, trying to find an outlier there. And I think that Deontay Johnson, people are just looking at his targets and not looking at what he was doing with those targets. So I am incredibly worried about Deontay Johnson. He's not a, he, when I'm talking about guys, I'm taking in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. I want these guys to be long-term values guys who I, I want in my lineup for two, three, four years. And I just don't see that with Deontay Johnson. I don't see him as a long-term value in dynasty leagues. And speaking of long-term values, Tom Brady, (laughs) granted, I've been playing dynasty for about eight years now and people were drafting him at the end of one QB rookie, one QB drafts in 2013 because, oh, he was about to retire. He's been about to retire for about a million years, but still (laughs) he's 43 years old, going to turn 44 next year or, you know, this season. What is he doing in the seventh round of startup drafts? I'm not sure I understand that one. I I think that, you know, 
you get two years, I guess, max. And that is not what I want out of a, you know, out of a quarterback in, in the first seven rounds, out of any player in the first seven rounds. So there just isn't the durability there in terms of a long-term outlook with Tom Brady. So I love him. He won my team a Super Bowl, but I just don't see it right now. I, I think that he's an overvalued in the dynasty format. And I'll wrap up tonight's show. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed um, my soliloquies, my monologues, whatever they may, may be. Eighth round. When I'm looking at the eighth round, I'm looking at undervalued players. There are actually a few guys who I think might be undervalued. Um, but the primary one is I just mentioned him, him in the analysis of analysis of Deontay Johnson. Juju Smith-Schuster is being drafted at wide receiver 29 in the eighth round at 804 of Dynasty Startup, Rotoviz Triflex Leagues. Explain this one to me like I'm five. I don't understand it. Juju Smith-Schuster, I still think is, while he might not have been getting the targets that one, um, that one Deontay Johnson got, I still think he's the better player. I, I think that, you know, he signed a one-year prove-it deal with Pittsburgh and, you know, we'll see whether that turns into Pittsburgh targeting him a lot and then re-signing him or, you know, just letting him go after 2021. But I'm still bullish on, on Juju, especially as his price continues to drop. And so he is a guy I'm going out to buy. I think he has legitimate, you know, top 24 wide receiver value, you know, wide receiver two, you know, outlook. And so I think that he's being overlooked by, you know, Claypool who's going ahead of him. Deontay Johnson's going ahead of him. I still think he's the most talented in the backfield. He's still very young and, at the end of the day, he's got to stay healthy and he's got to, you know, get the targets. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, even Claypool wasn't a huge target guy in, in 2020. Um, it was basically all just going to Deontay, Deontay Johnson for better or worse. So I think those targets will be more evenly distributed. And I think that will be for the best for one Juju Smith-Schuster. All righty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Hopefully I, I didn't bore you to tears with my solo podcast. Um, and if you thought this was great, uh, let me know and uh, stroke my ego a little bit. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Rotoviz RV Radio 2021. Helps support the podcast, puts uh, money in my pocket, helps me buy dog food and the such. I appreciate you. I love you guys. I uh, Everyone who listens, please, I, I haven't checked recently. I asked for people to like and subscribe, like and rate the, the podcast. We had like 64 likes. Unacceptable. We've been doing this podcast for like 20 years, Okay. I've been doing it for 20 years. Not really. I think it's been, this one's probably been like six or seven years that we've been doing this podcast. And I, I need you to like and subscribe and rate and review all those things. Make me happy. Make Dan happy. Support the kids. We appreciate you. We love you. Have a good night. Call those.